Hey guys, welcome to the Georgia Field Hunting Podcast, episode 12. I'm your host, Brian Grossman, and today we're going to be talking about Georgia's quota deer hunts. Um, now, this is going to be focused for those of you who were drawn for a hunt. We're going to talk about kind of the preparation you need to be doing now, or, or maybe hopefully some of you have already been doing, um, kind of what to expect. And we're going to talk a little bit about um, just kind of public land hunting etiquette in general so that that ought to be interesting but uh i I mainly wanted to do something for those of you who are drawn for a quota hunt and maybe you haven't experienced a quota hunt before or, or maybe you have that's okay too you might pick up something here that's useful to you so um let's just kind of walk through the process of um of preparing for that upcoming hunt now, the first thing you'll want to do is get very familiar with the regulations for that particular WMA. So some things you're going to want to know are obviously you want to know the correct dates for your hunt. You want to make sure you're hunting on the right days. Uh, you'll want to know whether it's a check-in or a sign-in hunt. And I explained the difference of those in detail back in episode four, um, where, where I talked a, a broader view of hunting Georgia public land. So I won't dive too much into that, um, but you'll want to know that. You'll want to know is is this a buck only hunt or is it either sex the whole you know three days or whatever the case may be for for your particular hunt, or maybe it's. Um, Maybe it's buck only for the first two days and either sex on the last day. There's a lot of different uh, configurations there um, that it may fall under. So you'll want to know that going in. You'll want to know if it's a quality buck area. So does your buck have to have four points on one side? Uh, Does it have to have a 15-inch spread or does anything go? So know those things beforehand. You definitely don't want to find out the hard way that you've messed up on something like that. And of course, there's a lot of other general WMA rules that you'll want to read through um, in that regulation book. Just stuff having to do with camping, uh, ATV usage, um, just a whole host of other things. You know, oh, not hunting within 50 yards of a roadway. Um, keeping your gun, of course, unloaded in the vehicle, and uh, when you're within 50 yards of a roadway, uh, just just a lot of different things. I'm not going to go through every single rule and regulation. It's all in the uh, the Georgia, you know, 2019, 2020 hunting regulation book. So read through that thoroughly. Know the specific details. Uh, of the WMA you're hunting. So that, that's step number one. And, and a lot of people, I can tell you from, from working for the DNR and working those hunts, a lot of people skip right over that and they get out there and, and they don't have a clue of of what's legal and what's not or what's allowed and what's not on the WMA. So know that in advance. Um, the next thing is I would do a good bit of cyber scouting. You know, if I I had to, well, I do have some quota hunts coming up for uh, my, my wife and my kids. So go ahead now and start doing your scouting, your online scouting. You know, using, you can use a resource like, you know, I'm always talking about Onyx Maps on here. That's a great one. Um, or you can, you know, the DNR has a mapping application. You can Google, you can Google the WMA that you're drawn for with maps on the end. So say Joe Kerr's Wildlife Management Area map, 
and you should be able to pull up the DNR's interactive map and, and it'll let you um, you can change it around to from a topo map to an aerial photo you'll see the boundaries for the, the the WMA you'll see the open roads and the closed roads and all that stuff's on there that's a great resource um, so you can kind of get an idea the first thing I'm looking for when I cyber scout is where are the access points and where are some areas where I can get as far as possible from those access points? Um, I'm also looking, you know, if there's a way I can access by kayak, if, if that's an option for you, if you have a kayak or a boat uh, and there's a way you can kind of get away from the crowd um, by, by river or lake, then certainly keep that in mind. But it might just mean, you know, a good hike in away from everybody else. In some cases, you don't have to be miles and miles off the road. Um, there might be circumstances where you can simply look for a place where there's not an easy access or, or there's not a pull off. Um, it might be a place along a main road where there's not really a designated pull off. So it gets overlooked and, and you might not have to f hunt that far off the road to get into some decent hunting. But um, you're you're really not going to know until you get in there on that part of it whether or not you know those places are being accessed or used. But but I start by by locating as many different uh, little spots, half a dozen or so that I can find that I think most people are not going to be, um, and that'll be my starting point for the next step, which is actual boots on the ground scouting. And uh, actually, I'll take that back in between cyber scouting and boots on the ground that's when i would give the uh the the regional dnr office a call the one that oversees that particular wma um, i would request to talk to the biologist for that wma and then i would also have the uh, you're not going to reach the technician in the regional office but you can request that the technician for that area give you a call back and i want to talk to those two guys because your, your biologist is going to have a lot of the data available as far as he can kind of tell you the the overall hunting pressure he can give you an idea of hunter success um buck to doe ratios and and uh, the just kind of the the age structure of the harvest he can let you know if there's you know a good number of mature bucks being killed there or if it's mainly young bucks that all that kind of information the biologist is going to have available the technician is more they're the ones out there working on the the property day to day so i look to them more for specific areas um being able to tell me maybe which places get the most hunting pressure where they see the most trucks parked um, they can give you an idea of any food sources that are the deer keying in on now because in a lot of cases these guys are hunters just as well so obviously they're not going to give up their their honey holes um, but they will typically give you some information specifically if you've already done a little bit of your homework um, you know as long as you're not calling them and asking them where to go kill a big buck you're probably going to get some pretty good help from them. And and the more background work you've done and the more uh, intelligent questions you ask, the more information you're going to get from those guys in general. At least that's the way I was when, when people would come and talk to me. Um, a lot of times if they were good guys and, and nice and they were asking the right questions, uh, man, by the time they left, I'd, I'd be telling myself, <laughs> I told them way much, way too much, way more than I should have. Um, but but that's okay. I like to see those type types of guys um, get in there and have some success. So I tried to help them out as much as I could. 
Um, particularly if there's a youngster involved or maybe a, a new hunter, um, those are the ones that are really went out of the way to, to kind of help. But anyway, that that's, that's neither here nor there. I'm just saying, give those guys a call and do a little digging. Then you can get out there boots on the ground and start scouting those spots that, that you picked out on the map and, and, you know, that you talk to the biologist about, cause they might, uh, that conversation with the biologist and the technician may make, may uh, lead you to change your mind on some of those initial spots that you picked out. You might end up adding some some potential spots to scout, or you may end up um, eliminating some that you you had in mind. So, uh, but then I, I would have as many spots though picked out as possible because the last thing you want to do hunting one of these quota hunts is put all your eggs in one basket and have one spot picked out and think that's the spot I'm going to hunt. Um, because <laughs> as sure as you do, somebody's going to be in there before you. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about hunter etiquette here in a little bit, public land etiquette. But, um, you know, if somebody beats you in there, you need to just step back and go to the next spot. You know, there's there's no sense in going in there and messing up somebody else's hunt or, or just um, being absolutely determined to get right into your spot, regardless if somebody else is there. Um, man, it, it, that's just not right. It, it's not uh, the the ethical way to hunt, and and hopefully, uh, none of you listening are the type that would that would do that. You know, intentionally go in there and, and hunt right on top of somebody because they're in quote your spot. Uh, if they're there first, it's their spot, regardless of how much flagging or anything else you'd put up. Don't matter if you already hung a hang on in there. Um, it's always first come, first serve when it comes to these, well, any public land hunting for that matter. Um, so boots on the ground scouting, you know, get in there, look for those. And, and, you know, everybody hunts a little different. So I'm looking for thick areas. I'm looking for those areas where I think the deer will go when the pressure's on. Um, so I'm looking at kind of bedding type cover. Of course, I'm also, you know, I'm looking still for the for your normal, your food sources. I'm looking for buck sign, you know, rubs, scrapes, that kind of stuff. But I want that stuff to be near good, thick bedding cover because, you know, you can walk out at the right time of year. You can go out to any of little food plot or, or any opening, um, even just along the, the WMA roads. And, and you can find scrapes. You can find rubs. That, that stuff is everywhere. Um but you know if it's if it's 100 200 yards away from the parking area um i can guarantee you that everybody else is finding that same sign and you're probably not going to be alone so get off the beaten path uh look for those thick areas of places that the deer are going to go when the pressure gets on and uh and you know look for sign close to that and and that's that's my suggestion again if you got a better way if you got a way that has worked for you in the past and certainly don't change that up on my account i'm no by no means an expert when it comes to uh to to killing certainly not when it comes to killing big bucks or uh you know being a, a public land guru by any means i've had pretty good luck on public lands in the past just when it comes to killing deer i've always i've always been able to to get on these hunts and, and kill some deer um and every once in a while a, a decent deer but uh i'm certainly not a big buck expert and you'll never never hear me claim to be on that but i'm learning all the time and uh just sharing with you uh what i know but again don't don't take any of this as as the gospel <laughs> 
All right. Now that you've you've done your scouting, you've you've got multiple spots in mind. Um, of course, hopefully, as you're out there doing boots on the ground scouting, you're picking out specific trees where you want it. Providing that you're a tree stand hunter, go ahead and have those trees picked out where you want to hunt, um, and know those. You know, mark those on your Onyx app, or um, you know, if if you want to use cat eyes or however you're going to do it, make sure you mark those spots so so you know when you're coming in, you're not fumbling around in the dark. Um, but once you've done all that. Let's, I guess, kind of jump forward to the actual hunt itself. Now, um, starting noon, the day before the hunt, you can go ahead and get signed in to the hunt. So if it's a sign-in hunt, you can do that online or, or through the, the Georgia Outdoors app. If it's a check-in hunt, then you have to physically sign in at the check station, um, the WMA check station. So you just go up to it. There should be a sign-in sheet. And um, you sign in once for the hunt, and you're you're ready to go at that point. Uh, of course, as, as again, as I discussed on uh, in episode four, a sign. The main difference between a sign in hunt and a check in is on a sign in hunt. When you kill a deer, or if you kill a deer, you simply mark it on the back of your harvest log, or mark it on your harvest log, and call it in just like you would if you were hunting private land. That it counts against your your. Uh, Georgia state statewide bag limit. If it's a check-in hunt, you will not put it on your harvest log. You'll take the deer to the WMA check station. They will take some, collect some data from the deer. So they'll weigh it, um, you know, sex it, they'll age it and, and just get all this general information about it. And then they will issue you a plastic tag to put on the deer. So that is a bonus deer. It will not count against your statewide limits. So that's that's the main difference between the two. But regardless, you have to sign in at the beginning of the hunt um, if it's a sign-in or check-in hunt. So make sure you do that. Another thing that will happen at uh, noon the day before is that they'll open the gates to any, uh, any roads that are you know, only open for quota hunts or, or for the deer hunts, they will be opened at that time and you'll be allowed to go in and, and hang your stand. So um, if, if you have a, a hang on stand that you want to go ahead and put up at that point, um, you can certainly do that. Uh, but keep in mind, as I said before, um, you could hang us, you could hang your stand in a certain spot that you're, you're planning on hunting and, you know, show up the next morning to find out there's already somebody in there, and then you're you're kind of in a bind at that point. You either um, don't hunt out of your stand, or you uh, you know you go in there and, and mess up somebody else's hunt. And uh, I certainly would not recommend doing that. Um, you know, just because your stand's in there, don't make it your spot. And again, it's always first come first serve. So I would recommend just wait until uh, you know that first morning of the hunt take your stand in with you because you may not get to hunt spot a you know i always have multiple uh backups because you never know where people are going to be and uh, where the pressure is going to be and you don't know who's going to get there first so have a plan b have a plan c have a plan d um, you know as far as you can go uh to to ensure that you can get in there and, and not be on top of somebody and you know mess up their hunt or have them mess up your hunt. Now, having said all that, let's talk a little bit about public land hunter etiquette. And uh, of course, this not only applies to quota hunts, but just public land hunting in general. 
um, you know, kind of maybe some of the the do's and don'ts. And again, you know, this is my opinion. Uh, you may not agree with everything I say here, and that's okay. Uh, it's certainly um, your prerogative to hunt it the way you want to hunt it, uh, and as long as you're legal. But you know, I, I try to, um, of course, I try to follow the the golden rule. Um, and not do anything to somebody else that I wouldn't want done to me. And sometimes that means just having to back out of a spot that I really wanted to hunt and, uh, you know, leave it to somebody else and go to my plan B or plan C or whatever the, the case may be. And that <laughs> I can still remember happening that happening to me on a uh, youth hunt I took my son to several years ago. It was, it was not a quote. It was just a, a sign in. And uh, I had... I don't know, three or four spots picked out and every one we got to that, that afternoon, um, somebody was already there. In one case, there wasn't a vehicle there, but we got all the way back to, uh, this, this field edge where we were going to hunt. And there was a little makeshift blind and a uh, chair set up right at the corner of where the road entered the field. So, you know, we were first, don't even know if whoever left the chair there was going to come back, but I didn't want to deal with, you know, a potential confrontation. So we backed out and went to a completely different spot. And um, like I said, it, it took multiple times before we finally, in fact, I don't even think the the spot we ended up was even on my radar, even one of my, my backups. But, and of course, you know, we didn't end up seeing anything. He didn't end up killing anything on that deal. But uh, I guess that, that was just a, a good reminder that, you know, for one, the early bird gets the worm. So be there first. That's kind of the, and that's, that's really when people ask me about, you know, tips on hunting public land and it sounds so silly, but I mean, that's really one of the the biggest things is just be there first, you know, be the first one out there, particularly in the morning. And, um, does it still doesn't mean somebody's not going to walk in on you, but it definitely, um, put you in a better position if you can be the first one in there and go ahead and get in your stand and hopefully anybody that that walks in and and you know you let them know with your flashlight that you're there uh, hopefully they'll do the right thing and turn around and back out or, or move move away from you you know at least get a reasonable distance from you um, but that's certainly not always the case but um, all you can control is is what you do you can't control what the other person does so um, I'm just going to try to do the right thing. Doesn't mean it won't upset me or, uh, you know, I might get bent out of shape, but, um, you know, the woods is no place for a confrontation, particularly two people with loaded firearms. Um, it's, it's just not worth it. It's not worth fighting over a hunting spot. Um, there's no deer in the world worth, worth all that. So, you know, just be prepared. That's, I guess that's what I'm saying. I, I'm, I don't say any of this to scare anybody away from hunting public land because I love it. I've had very few bad experiences when it comes to hunting public land. Um, most of the time, I sure I've been walked up on, I've walked up on other people. That's going to happen. But uh, nine out of 10 times, it's as simple as, Oh, sorry, you know, wave and the, they go on their way or you go on your way and, and it's not an issue. It might be an inconvenience, but um, I've really, in my life only had one like really bad experience confrontation type experience um with another hunter and that was actually years ago in kentucky so um i won't i won't get into that but don't be afraid to hunt public land don't don't let 
some of the nonsense, the horror stories you hear scare you off. It's not dangerous. There's not bullets flying everywhere. Um, you know, and, and in a lot of cases, it's probably just as safe or safer than, uh, you know, a lot, some of your leases or, or private land out there um, because it, you go into a public land hunt expecting other people to be out there. And, um, you know, it's, it's not unusual if somebody, you end up seeing somebody else walking around the woods, whereas on a private land piece, you, um, you know, you might not expect anyone else to be out there. And so you see that movement rather than just saying, oh, here comes another hunter. You know, somebody might assume it's a deer or, or something, you know, some other game animal, whatever the case may be. But um, again, just I, I don't want to I'm, I'm rambling here, but uh, don't don't be scared to try these hunts if you haven't done a public land hunt before. Now, getting getting back to the actual hunter etiquette, um, you know, it's not that complicated really when it comes to hunting public land again the biggest thing is just treat others the way you want to be treated Uh, my first recommendation is leave the survey flagging at home man it's just uh, absolutely drives me nuts that people not so much that somebody marks their way to their stand with it that's not as big a deal other than the fact that they rarely take the time to remove it when they leave so it ends up being litter out there um but it's the ones who flag put flagging on the gates or uh, an entrance a roadway or whatever um you know saying so many hunters are going to be back here blah 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 that's fine i mean I, i don't get me wrong i understand the thought process but the fact goes back to it's first come first serve and anybody could go i could go around and and put flagging at multiple gates and try just to keep somebody out of a spot that i want to hunt you don't know that that person's going to be there or maybe they came out and scouted it and flagged it and then end up not being able to hunt or they changed their mind and they're hunting somewhere else you never know so you can't really go by flagging and that's why you'd be everybody'd be better off if they just left it at home and it's first come first serve if there's a truck there at the gate then go somewhere else you know that's why it's so important to have those other spots um now, certainly there's some cases where one gate may lead into a large block of land and it can it can handle more than just one hunter. So just because I'm not saying just because a truck is at a gate that you're you know, you can't go in there and hunt if it's a larger block of land. Um, you just have to be prepared that you may bump into them. They may bump into you. Now, if you're getting there late, that's another thing. You know, get in the woods early and don't leave until well after dark um, if you're hunting public land uh, just as a courtesy to the other people hunting out there Um, particularly if you know you're hunting around somebody you don't want to come walking past some guy at prime time heading back to your truck because you know you're scared of the dark or you want to catch the kickoff of the uga game or whatever the case may be Um, you know if you know if you're getting in there late or you know you got to come out early make sure you're off somewhere away from everybody else Um, you know again it's just it should be common sense, but th- this kind of stuff happens all the time. Um, a quota hunt or a public land gun hunt is not the place to be walking around trying to slip up on something. 
because first off, that can uh, you know that can lead to an uns- unsafe uh, uh, situation, and secondly, you know you you run the chance of of messing up other people's hunts, and and certainly increase the odds of walking up on somebody. Now, yeah, you could actually push deer to the next hunter and and end up helping them out, but uh, more times than not, you're just going to end up. Uh, bumping into other hunters and uh getting some folks upset at you so you know my my recommendation is to get in your stand and and stay put you know during it's particularly during those prime times in the morning and the evenings and that's really it um the main thing is to just enjoy yourself you know you're out there to have a good time if you kill a deer that's just an added bonus um but you know enjoy the time out there if if you can turn it into a uh, kind of a little retreat a, a camping weekend with your buddies um i know there's a lot of guys that that do these hunts year after year and they're out there camping and getting to know each other uh and it, it just it really becomes kind of a, a reunion every year and I, I notice that from working them working these hunts uh, over the years that you know it's you see a lot of the same faces and uh, they're out there having a good time. They're camping. They're making new friends, um, sharing the hunt, and just uh, you know giving each other a hand. Somebody kills a deer, you know, somebody else comes down and, and helps them get the deer out. And uh, it's just a, a really, it can be a really cool experience if you'll let it and uh, just not get too caught up and you know worried about only being there to. to kill a deer or kill a big buck or or whatever the case may be which certainly you know you don't want to go home empty-handed but just remember it's not all about the harvest um just make sure you're having a good time out there because really in the end um that's all that matters having a good time and making memories with like i said with friends and and fellow hunters out there and with that i'll wrap this thing up i don't want to keep rambling and uh for you guys that are drawn for a quota hunt good luck this season uh be sure to if you have success um send us those photos we'd like to share them on the the georgia field social media outlets so we we love seeing uh those public land success shots um and if you weren't drawn for a quota hunt man there's plenty of opportunities out there uh, to hunt some WMAs just um, by a sign-in or, or a non-quota check-in hunt. So be sure to check those opportunities out. Um, uh, you know, just because you weren't drawn for a quota don't mean, you know, you don't get to gun hunt this year. There's there's plenty of opportunities out there um, if you'll just uh, do a little digging. And uh, you might have to do a little bit of driving to get to some of them. But, again, just like with these quota hunts, make, make you a little uh, weekend retreat out of it. Gra- grab a couple of, of your buddies. Um, and and make a make a deer camp experience out of one of these public land hunts. And I, whether or not you bring home a deer, I don't think you'll uh, you'll regret the experience at all. So, um, with that. Uh, I just want to say thanks to everybody who's taking time to listen to the podcast. Um, as you, by the time you listen to this one, we'll have exceeded five thousand downloads for the podcast. Which um, to some that may not be a lot, but hey, I'm 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 very happy with that. Uh, every week the numbers are growing, so I appreciate that. I know a lot of you guys are have taken the time to subscribe. You've taken the time to uh, to give us a rating, and and some of you have left us a review. And uh, again, I always appreciate reading those um, and just sharing us with your friends that's that's the probably the biggest help you can be is to simply you know if you get something out of one of these podcasts hey just um, 
you know, share it on Facebook or shoot it in Messenger or an email or, or whatever, you know, you like to use um, and let your buddies know about it and uh, encourage them to, to subscribe. And uh, that'll that'll greatly help us out as uh, as we try to to grow this this Georgia Field podcast and and website and and video hopefully video to come too I won't get into the the struggles of of trying to video these first couple of weeks of deer season that that's a topic for another podcast but um, I'll let you guys go until next time hey hunt safe shoot straight but most importantly just enjoy your time in God's great outdoors hey we'll catch you on the next podcast. <laughs>